0: And we are going to look at the month of May, what's happened in the news when it came to fintech during the month of May. We're going to tuck in to some stories about Bitcoin pizza day, hair appointments, the church and also Hollywood. So I'm joined by fintech A-listers, two teams. Can you introduce yourselves and also your uh, team name, starting with you?
1: Hi, um, I'm Sheryl David, I'm an independent consultant at uh, FinTech working on international expansion and go-to-market strategies. And we're at Team Mayhem.
0: Yes, very uh, on
1: point. Veronique?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Veronique Constance, I'm also a freelance consultant. I work in FinTech, um, payments and uh, crypto.
3: I'm Suresh Vajiani, I'm CEO and co-founder of Tribe Payments. Uh, we are a new company using the latest technology to disrupt the payment space.
0: And your team name? Mayhem. Mayhem, of course. And uh, what about you guys? What's your team name first of all? Uh, it's MVT, Most Valuable Team. Ooh. I like it. Ooh.
4: Definitely not Minimal Viable Team, no. Most okay, Valuable
0: most, probably, yeah. of Team. Yes. G-
4: we've got the website mvt.io for our uh, new yeah. crypto coin. Oh, I
0: love it. already. don't it? And who's on MVT?
4: Uh, so I'm Matt Ford, I'm Product Marketing Director at Tandem Bank.
5: Yep. Yep. I'm Val Christensen, Director of Growth and Communications at Oak North.
4: And I'm Robert Courtenidge, CEO of Morewand.
0: Great, and before we kick off uh, the game, uh, just tell me about uh, 2018, how was it when it came to fintech, was it a good year?
4: I think it was a developing year, it yep. was a year where a lot of the foundations were made, we had PSD2 coming in yep. and we had a lot of uh, changes to the law which was good for the industry, but I think it's taken the whole year really to sort of push through and I think 2019 will be the year where we actually start seeing some real changes for the good.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, I think
5: the sector's really matured a lot. I mean um, you know, you've, you're seeing some of the players who launched a couple of years ago now kind of doing much later series DE kind of rounds. Sure. And at the same sort of size as what you've seen from Silicon Valley, um, and you are definitely seeing that from some of the investors that and the investment that they're attracting as well. Yeah.
6: Yeah, uh, slightly biased, but it, it feels like the year of the challenger bank. Uh, so, you know, I think there's been a lot of us uh, come to the table. So, if 20, 2018 was about getting to the starting point, I think 2019 is gonna be, you know, starting to race towards the finish a little bit more. So the race. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. And do
0: you agree as well, 2018 was a good year generally for FinTech?
3: Uh, I think it was it was a good year. I think that it was almost laying the foundations for what's coming. Yes. Um, I think that the actual real innovation is still yet to come.
2: Right. I think it was a great year. As the other team mentioned, uh, challenger banks expanded and um, yes. um, got a stronger position in the market. Incumbent banks have started to, to move faster and respond. There was also a toughening of regulation and uh, in general, quite a lot happening.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I need to be clear uh, Careful with what I say because it was the year of RegTech, um, yes. so careful. But we are seeing fintech move away from the big markets as well um, across the world. Uh, a lot more interest and a lot more capabilities in other markets around the world, so it's not just a, a UK and and, uh, and New York kind of thing. Great,
0: uh, so let's uh, start the game. Is everyone ready? Yay! Okay, so the anti-phishing work group have estimated that almost billion of what has been stolen since 2017? Bitcoin? Bitcoin is your answer?
6: Crypto,
4: I would say. Yeah. It must be crypto. Bitcoin? Uh, Bitcoin maybe. Crypto tokens of some sort or other.
0: So crypto is the right answer, but Bitcoin is obviously uh, on on track. Uh, So what do you think? Does that mean that crypto is secure?
4: So cold storage is great for crypto, except that you still have to put it into hot storage to download it and spend it. And uh, and I think the other thing about last year, and I think the reason it was so big, was because you had all the ICOs going on. And ICOs required custodians to hold all those coins. And the custodians weren't always as secure. The exchanges were still first level exchanges. They weren't like uh, the exchanges we have for normal shares and things like that. And they weren't like bank level. So these exchanges were not fit necessarily for the purpose of storing the volumes of money, because no one was expecting those volumes of money to be stored for ICOs. And I think they were easy targets for some of the hackers. It's like a golden pot. There's an ICO going on. You know where it is. So a lot of phishing attacks were going on during the Telegraph releases for the ICOs and people were putting false wallet addresses for people to send their coins to and people were just falling for it because it was all so new, people
3: didn't know. I think people are a lot more wary now. I mean, I I think it's fair to say that when crypto in the last year is, the industry has been a little bit like the wild, wild west. Um, There hasn't been a lot of regulation, security around it. We're now seeing the maturing in the sector. We're actually seeing, you know, regulated ICOs. We're seeing processes in place that are with safeguarding measures. So I really would say that last year was, was a learning curve, yes. um, but it really, really was the wild, wild west where every Tom, Dick and Harry was launching an ICO without any protection or even understanding what they're launching.
2: I'd agree with that. And uh, in general, when it comes to, to security, whether that's from uh, phishing methods or any other, the system is only as strong as its weakest link and whether that's uh, people handing over their details because they think an email comes from an established company, uh, whether they lose their, their cards and don't report it stolen, whether that's an issue in the algorithm that um, um, cyber criminal can use to send send Bitcoin to other wallets. Um, it's all throughout the, the value chain that it needs to be looked at.
1: Yeah. But, it, but it's also all these um, activities happen on the interface between the digital and the real system. Yeah. um the crypto doesn't happen uh, in in isolation with everything else. So whilst inside blocks are very secure, that's not where where the uh, criminals target. They target the interfaces, and that that needs to be um, secured.
0: And speaking of uh, security, um, Dave Jevons, uh, CEO of Cybertrace, has actually warned that GDPR uh, is going to um, have a negative impact when it comes to overall security uh, of the internet. Uh, is this something you agree with? And what are your thoughts on GDPR in general uh, since it came into effect uh, starting over here?
6: Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, GDPR is a great thing. Yeah. Uh, it's an absolutely great thing for consumers. It's If it's been the wild west for crypto in the last couple of years, it's been the wild west for data for about 10 years, right, 15 yeah. years. So. So it's about time that there was, there was a lot of boundaries put in there. Even if you go back to the Equifax breach, you know, I think that was probably, for me, uh, the tip of the iceberg that, yes. you know, it's, uh, up until now, like most of the time, it had been about data collected on your behalf, your credit assessed on your, uh, you know, without you uh, necessarily knowing what's held on you. And, you know, I think it's, it's shaking up the industry, it's doing all the right things and hopefully kind of shaping. Shaping the way for the next, you know, five to ten years in in quite a turbulent space. Yes, you
0: see it as a positive yeah, a great- thing. Do you yeah, really absolutely. Yeah.
5: it's lots more transparency. I mean, it feels like every week now I, I have an, I'm reading another headline about some kind of data hack, whether it's uh, you know British Airways, LinkedIn. Um, and now there's I think there's a, a website you can go to I think it's called have I been pwned or something where you can actually look and see uh, where your data if, if you have been hacked and if your data is being sold somewhere uh, you know on the internet um, and I think that transparency and that uh, and just really putting it at the, the top of the agenda for the consumers that they're very aware of who they're giving their data to and also how to protect it.
4: Yeah. I, I, I agree but I, I, I'm still concerned we still haven't seen how the regulators are actually going to implement uh, gdpr in relation to fines how they're going to be proportional Uh, and i think i think the big fear of gdpr was the level of fines and how it could put smaller businesses out of business because it seemed disproportionate to the size of their business the size of the fines they could impose and a lot of businesses still were not taking proper care of customers information but for that type of information it wasn't always the type of information that your Amazons and that, and I think for the big organisations where we've had all these breaches come through, I think they're the ones that should be being fined for this because they should be more careful. Um, we're not we're not hearing of any smaller breaches at the moment, but I would hate to think that some smaller businesses are sort of picked on by the regulator, but just because they haven't done it. And there is talk of uh, like the ambulance chasing in the states being done on GDPR by saying, well, we can work out which of these small companies are breaching you and we can get you some compensation, and I think that's, that's the wrong purpose of it. I think the right purpose is to give consumers a better uh, understanding of what their data is being used for and to have better security of their data once it's being held, especially where it's sensitive financial data like credit card details, medical details, those really need to be protected. Sure.
0: Uh, do, does anyone have anything to add when it comes to GDPR?
4: On the data
2: side, I would echo what uh, Robert said on um, the size of the fines. So in financial services, a lot of companies are are scared to be fined a big amount by the regulator um, and the fines need to be proportionate with the the revenue of the company. So for example, on the Facebook uh, Cambridge Analytica data um, breach, the level of fine that they got for that considering the size of their company was, was ridiculously small. So it's about also in terms of um, the punishment for the companies that don't take it seriously to actually make it proportionate.
0: OK, great answers. But this is, of course, uh, a quiz. So uh, onto a slightly more uh, lighter topic, uh, Google Assistant. Uh, take a look at this clip.
3: I'll have something out for you. Hi, I'm calling to book a woman's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one
0: second. So, speaking of Google Assistant, if you bank with OCBC Singapore, what else can Google now help you do?
3: You can have a a couple of minutes to think about it.
0: What can Google help
5: you do? Can
2: they... um,
3: Um,
4: We're thinking it will allow you to to do account aggregation, so you'd be able to list all your different accounts, find out your balances, find out what's been going on on your thing, Uh, be notified if a payment's taken place. Uh, But equally, uh, if you're looking to maybe uh, find another product, it'll help you find the product you want that's best suited for your needs if you give it certain information. We don't think it'll actually let you apply. I think you'd probably need to do an extra step for that, but I think it will give you the information you need to make the application.
0: Very good answer. I, I will take that as a correct answer. What did you guys think?
3: Well, it was, it was broadly along the same lines. We're saying that a, a live assistant that gives you uh, an interface into your bank account yes. uh, is giving you um, information about how your bank's operating. You know, it, it's like, a, like an assistant that's advising you how your bank account is operating.
0: Yes, so uh, when you talked about products, a few examples are um, planning how much you can save for your children's education, uh, calculate your mortgage loan, and so forth. So, I will give you both a point for that answer. Uh, now, question three. May was a, a bad month for Commonwealth Bank of Australia. It hit the news three separate times, uh, but for what? Okay, I okay.
5: know. Uh,
1: they were billing that people.
5: They yeah. The child child's accounts. Account. So, so, the uh, second is
4: yeah. the uh, they lost million. 16 years. They were caught
5: up on. So, OK. okay. Use your answer as well. Okay, you've got an answer? Yes. Yeah? Uh, so, 20 million. Uh, data breach. Yes. The child accounts. Yes. And the uh, accounts of people who've just dis- died. died. Yes. D- did you,
0: what was the second one? The ch-
5: children's accounts. People like staff putting money in. Oh,
0: accounts. right. I actually had another one, but uh, that's a good one. So maybe it was in the news four times. In a, <laughs> but yes. And what were yours?
2: We had the same three. We had the they lost customers data over 16 years and waited two years to tell yes. people they uh, kept uh, invoicing and billing people who were who had passed away yes. and uh, the the bank staff um, funded um, savings accounts for, for children um, automatic on, oh, yes. on their own on their own uh, money or using the banks very money.
0: good yeah uh, there was one more they emailed uh, the wrong domain name they emailed 10,000 people uh, to dot. Com instead of uh, .au and so lots of data went to the wrong person but very good very uh, very impressed with that round okay so uh, point each uh, now very fun we have a picture round what do these four have in common it's London yeah it is London but a little bit more fintech uh, related
1: is this is the, uh, the contactless busking. For, for busking
0: yes yes
6: is this accepting? Is it accepting contactless payments for buskers or something like that? Yeah,
5: potentially, but then what would be in Parliament?
0: We have the, the right answer
6: uh, over here. we were saying
4: you contactless have... payments.
0: Okay, okay. Do you do you know that? So you mentioned two examples, which were correct. Yep. The uh, buskers. Buskers, contactless and buskers. Big issue.
1: Yeah, the big issue in
0: buskers. Uh,
4: Westminster Abbey. We think it's uh, when you make your donations to the Abbey, yes. uh, they go around with contactless. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Very new age. And the company uh, involved with this is iSettle. Well done, uh, both teams. Um, And finally, uh, we have a uh, question uh, with regards to Hollywood celebrities. Now, Alec Baldwin is going to star in a biopic about the life of Perruccio Lamborghini and uh, the film is being co-produced by Tata2, a company who runs on blockchain technology, so very cool. So we're going to go to Joe Lubin now for a throwback question.
1: Sometime in the year 2009 or 2010, in the very early days of Bitcoin, a British artist named Lily Allen uh, was asked to perform at a specific venue. She was offered a a certain number of bitcoins to perform. Um, That amount uh, would have resulted in uh, many times her, her current net worth. How many bitcoins was she offered?
5: What was Bitcoin
2: worth in 2009? And then then how much was she offered to accept Bitcoin payments?
6: Well, what do you
5: mean? You mean 20,000? I I
4: think it's about. Well, no, no, I'm I'm trying to work out how much she, whatever she'd be paid, it's gone up 2,000. Exactly.
0: Million pounds? Or are we thinking it's too low? Do we have an answer? Uh,
6: 2,500 Bitcoin.
0: 2,500, no. I would say one, would you say five then? Shall we cut Six it to ten. half? Five, ten? Ten. I'll go with you guys. Ten million.
3: Ten million.
1: According to the internet, the answer is 200,000 bitcoins.
0: 200,000 bitcoins.
4: And they went for 10 million and we went for two and a half thousand, so...
0: Yeah, so...
4: But you thought, it was, you thought it was 2014.
0: They said 10 million, they're not closer.
4: They were 10 million, Oh, no, so said. you
0: said 10 million. And you, okay. we said
4: two and a half thousand. Okay, So I think yeah. we're nearer by number of...
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that point uh, goes to you. Very good. Uh, so, yes. Lawyers,
3: never have lawyers.
0: So in 2014, Lily Allen described herself as an idiot for refusing to sing on a live stream broadcast uh, where she would have received 200,000 bitcoins. I mean, that is uh, really bad. And they would now be worth a massive billion pounds so uh, she is uh, is regretting that big time so that's the end of the quiz game but before we go i just want you two get an opportunity to, for a couple of minutes, uh, talk about your company and uh, what you're doing um, when it comes to fintech at the moment. So if we start over here.
6: So Tandem Bank's a digital challenger bank here in the UK. Uh, We offer a full suite of financial products. We do everything from mortgages through to savings and credit cards. 2019 is going to be a really big year for us. So uh, we've just launched uh, a new card called the Journey card, uh, which is a, a near prime card for people who are new to credit or have a thin file, so really helping them build their credit history um, and and take control. Um, And we're about to launch Auto Savings, which is our brand new savings product, which is really exciting. So uh, this is really solving the problem of, not people who want to necessarily optimize their rate and have got pounds, 10,000 pounds, but need to start that savings behavior. So it's an automated savings proposition that helps you save little, small amounts frequently throughout the month to kickstart that savings behavior. So it's gonna be a really exciting year. Um, Yeah. Sounds
0: like it.
3: Right. Um,
5: so at Oaknorth our mission is to help SMEs and entrepreneurs get the debt finance they need to grow. Uh, in the UK, we do that through our own balance sheet lending uh, through Oak North Bank, and we've lent about two and a half billion to date. We'll lend about another three billion uh, next year, and that's without, uh, without any defaults um, and profitably. Um, and then outside of the UK, we're licensing our fintech platform that's helped us to get uh, to the success that we've had so far in the UK. Their platform's called Oaknorth Analytical Intelligence. We're licensing it to other banks so that they can replicate our SME lending model in the U.K. in their
4: own markets. Uh, I'm Robert Courtnage. I'm the CEO of More One, which is a new AMI. Uh, prior to that, I was 30 years a specialist payments lawyer. Uh, and I'm trying to bring the legal and regulatory speciality into an EMI to create new and special solutions to uh, create stuff that people haven't done before in this industry. Uh, embracing things like crypto, embracing new uh, cross-border opportunities, and trying to come up with stuff that people just didn't want to touch before. Um, we're going to be the first uh, EMI unicorn, I think, in my, okay. in, my intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also, for the, for the best part, I'm one half of FinTech Unplugged, uh, and bizarrely,
3: my other half of FinTech Unplugged is sitting over here.
0: Oh, okay, which leads us uh, perfectly to you. Uh,
3: so I'm Suresh Vajiani, I'm uh, CEO of a new payments company called uh, Tribe. Uh, What we're doing is we're using the latest technology to solve problems that existing technology providers are struggling to do. What we're finding is a lot of providers uh, in the space have ended up being in this space just because they've been at the right place at the right time. Technology is moving so quickly now that we actually think that using the latest technology, we can provide some amazing solutions and that's from issuer processing, acquirer processing, uh, and everything that sits in between, including crypto votes and, and the likes.
2: Okay. I'm Veronique, uh, same as earlier, I'm a consultant in fintech, so super interested in, uh, in the field and have been watching it for the past 10 years. Uh, very interested in exchanging knowledge with um, whoever wants to discuss.
1: I'm Charles David, I'm an independent consultant, so um, I think going back to the question of uh, 2018 and, and the industry reaching scale and reaching scale on the global, I'm excited with 2019 uh, for uh, for Fintech to finally deliver on on, on the promise of better financial services across the world. So speaking and and helping companies do that uh, from the UK outside, from outside into the UK. Uh, It's going to be an interesting year.
0: Great! And now the moment we've all been waiting for. Who won the competition? And it is You
4: guys! (laughs) Down, Suresh.
0: You went down. Congratulations.
4: Just to say this is the first time in five years in any of these competitions that I've ever beaten (laughs) Suresh. Just saying.
0: Well, congratulations. Uh, And that's all for this round. I just want to end on a note that May is also Bitcoin pizza day, which I know is uh, Ali, the founder of FinTech Finance's favorite story and day, uh, apart from his son's uh, birthday, of course. Um, Basically, on the 22nd of May, Laszlo purchased a pizza for 10,000 Bitcoin. You may know the story. At the time, it was only worth $25. this, so this was in uh, May 2010, but uh, on May 22nd, 2018, the same pizza would have been worth, can you guess? Bonus question, even if you've already won. <laughs> $20 million.
4: Million,
0: $25 million. $82 million. Hey, you were not far, yeah, That's yeah. a lot of dough. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much uh, for joining, and up next is Duke. Thanks for watching.